G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This is Sunday Morning Together across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. Lovely to have you with us. I do hope you can stick around. Got a special one coming up this morning. And my guest and co-host today, not with me in the studio, being parachuted in. He's quite a distance away out in Western Queensland in the town of Longreach uh, in the Queensland's Central West. Pastor Ben Kent is uh, from uh, the Reach Christian Church out there in Longreach. G'day, Ben. How are you? Oh, I'm good, thanks, Phil. How you doing? I'm I'm good now. Uh, Longreach, it, it, it's most, the most appropriately named town in Australia because it's a hang of a long reach to anywhere from there, really, isn't it? It is a little, yeah. I guess, um, yeah. Well, for us personally, we're from Southern Queensland originally, so it is a long reach when we want to go for a holiday or or to visit family. So, yeah. What's it like in a town like that? It's uh, you know fairly cut off. It's you know, relatively small town, or maybe big in the in the scale of things out in Western Queensland. What's the dynamic like? Well, I guess um, the first thing that comes to mind is very friendly. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is, but the further west or north or more isolated you go, the friendlier people get. Um, so, yeah, in that respect, I guess you really notice it out here. People say hello. Um, you know, eye contact is the norm yeah. down the street, whereas in the city, um, eye contact is the exception. Yeah. So that's the first thing that probably comes to mind. So yeah. it's good like that. I love that about country towns. It's not just Longreach. It, it's uh, it's pretty common across the, the yeah. place, uh, the pace of it. But are there some you know unique challenges that you, you face there that you know maybe city people don't? Yeah, well, I think over over the decades and a long period, droughts um, have been something significant that has always been um, a specific hardship out here. Yeah. Um, as far as far as that goes, yeah, and the isolation, of course. Um, I don't know if you'd call it isolated. We have a plane that comes in every day, mm. um, a Qantas plane, but um, you know, I guess just the isolation and the distance from from things and the the harsh environment. I guess at time very hot. And uh, we can suffer droughts um, over the years. So, yeah. And uh, little birdie tells me, Ken, that you uh, and your lovely wife, Janelle, have uh, a few kids out there too. How old are they? Yeah, we've got five kids. Um, you, you put me on the spot now with ages, but yeah, we'll have a go. So and, and, while, and while you're there, what's your wedding anniversary? I'll really test you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 14, 13, um, 11, 9. And six. Okay. And wedding anniversary, I'll throw that into, is the um, 10th of the um, 2nd, 2008. So. Uh, good on you. Um, uh, Janelle, if you're listening, just, just he got that right, I, I hope. If you didn't, I'm sure she'll let you know. <laughs> but, but the names of your kids, there's a story with that too, isn't there? Oh, well, it's a bit of a funny one. I mean, we didn't plan it this, this way. We've got five kids and the first four kids, um, that first... Their names start with A, B, C, D. And uh, we reckon that after four, we weren't going to get to 26 for the full alphabet. So we just pulled up and went for a Z for <laughs> Zoe straight at the end. So, yeah. Well, you never know. You might have to circle back around to A again. But, uh, you know, who knows? Yeah, no. Let's not, let's not go there. <laughs> 
Now, coming up very soon, as we do each Sunday morning, uh, you get the opportunity to lead us in communion today. Um, two questions. What, what's special about communion for you personally? And then secondly, how can we prepare ourselves for communion? Yeah, well, I guess the big thing about communion is it is personal. Um, it's just that reflection that it's it's not just for everyone somewhere else. Uh, it's for me. And um, just that realisation that, that communion um, made uh, me to come in close to Jesus and um, yeah just to remind myself continually that's why it's, it's special that it's that personal thing and I think um, I find it myself after following Jesus for quite a number of years it's very important to um, deliberately come in with an attitude of expectation mm. and uh, not just a religious sort of a oh this is what we do but uh, be ready for revelation and be ready for the power of God um, when we participate in an action like that. So, yeah, just on purpose, really um, making sure it's an expectant and a faith uh, process, not just a religious one. Mm. It's yeah. really interesting. I ask this question pretty much every week to my guest, and you're the first person that said that. There's actually some, There's a key in it. There's a real key. Have an attitude of expectation as we head toward communion. Yep. Sunday morning together, together. with Phil Edwards. On Vision Christian Radio. My guest and co-host today is Pastor Ben Kent. Uh, he's from the Reach Christian Church out in Western Queensland in Longreach. And I'm going to hand it over to you right now, Pastor Ben. Thank you, Phil. And yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Good morning, everyone. It really is an honour to share um, around this time of communion together. Now, just in reflection, you know, Jesus paid such a high price for us. A price I could never pay. A price... You could never pay a price we could never pay. He paid a price no one could ever give to provide a gift everyone can receive. And not just a pardon, not just a, oh, you can come in now, just an acceptance like that, but the full embrace, the abundance of his grace. I love the passage in Luke chapter 22, verse 12, the surrounding verses. It's uh, the account of Jesus talking to his disciples preparing for the supper uh, this last supper before he suffered on the cross and uh, he, ted, he said to them to go into a city and to find a certain man and he will tell you what to do and it says um, then you shall say to the master of the house the teacher says to you verse 11 where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples and then he that certain man will show you a large furnished upper room there make ready so they went and found it, just as he had said to them, and they prepared the Passover there. The specifics of this verse in verse 12, I think, hold special significance. Note with me, if you can recall, it said that the man said there'll be a large, furnished upper room. I think that's not just a physical place that Jesus told them to prepare pre-cross, I think that also points to a spiritual place that you and I have in Christ post-cross. It's a special place that we have in Christ as we abide in his sacrifice, our place under his blood and our place hidden within his body. Firstly, let's just recall that verse. It's a large room. The place that we have in Christ under his sacrifice is a large place. Yes, Jesus said the path is narrow, but the place that we have in him is huge. It's not just a tightrope walk of faith that we walk on to think that one slip or one trip and it's over. 
the place that we have in him is gracious it's spacious and even the biggest sinner like me can fit in there's room for my mistakes there's room for my failures there's room for my flaws it's large the place in Christ also is specifically said is furnished I'm so glad it's not BYO I don't have to bring my own furniture I don't have to try and sweat and and in vain try and make my own place within his house I have a reserved seat it's his table it's his chairs it's his predestined purpose for me it's his predestined purpose for you and it's fully furnished Ephesians 2 verse 6 says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places on his seat that he's provided for us so it's large and it's furnished and it's an upper room I find that so powerful that the place where they went to celebrate or not to celebrate to prepare for Christ's sacrifice that we post Christ celebrate was an upper room the life that we have in Christ is an elevated life when we come to him he lifts us up to a higher view when we come and surrender to his purposes we are elevated to see further than we ever could before you know Christianity is not a doormat style life of survival and mere escape yes we come in very low in humility but the promises of God is that when we abide in him he takes us to an upper place an elevated life where we can see and the view that we have as we abide in him is something else so can I encourage you today as we come around communion let's make sure we're seeing it correctly we're coming into a large place of his grace we're coming into a furnished place it's all prepared he's predestined great things for you and he's made a space for you he's given you a seat and he's also invited us into a place of elevation you and I can see further than ever before because of his great sacrifice for us so I ask you just, we'll prepare ourselves if you have a, a biscuit and some juice as we remember Christ what he did for us on the cross let's have expectation that his great embrace in all of these areas and a realization on our part would hit us afresh the biscuit represents his body and the juice his blood let's take that and eat in your own time just in these couple of moments and I'll pray for you thank you Lord we thank you for your body we take and receive it with thanksgiving and Lord we take of the juice representing your blood we give thanks for it Lord and we receive it we receive the benefits of forgiveness hope health and strength and the promise of your great grace for our future Lord so father we thank you for your amazing grace we thank you for the large place the furnished place and the elevated place that we have as we come and surrender to you and we give you all the praise and the glory for it father we thank you in jesus name amen sunday morning together across australia on vision christian radio and it's a uh, time for a bit of storytelling if you're up for it ben uh, to get to know who is this uh, co-host that we've got here you good for that yeah sounds good phil thank you all right well where did it all begin you mentioned before somewhere south of uh, of longreach where was that 
Yeah, well, Stanthorpe's my hometown, where family's from and where I was born. Um, so yeah, I grew up grew up there in my school years, and um, yeah, and then left home at about 16. I uh, went to Ag College, uh, pastoral college here in Longwich. It was very big back back yeah, then. Right. Went two years there. Okay. And um, after then, yeah, did a few different things, a bit of veggie farming and um, worked on a gas pipeline and did about four years on um, cattle properties in the north of Australia as well. And, um, yeah, that was my initial, yeah, first um, chunk of life, I yeah, guess. Yeah, lots so, of variety. Yeah. I imagine lots of different experiences and, and learning things. What about your, your home environment? What was that like, the family that you were born into? Yeah, great family. Um, yeah, I'd be very um, thankful for the family that I have. Um, I guess uh, growing up um, in a Christian household, um, I didn't probably appreciate it um, as much as I should have looking back. But um, yeah, just um, yeah, environment of, of um, love and acceptance and the good seeds that I look back on now of God's um, reality that mm-hmm. um, born fruit later in life. So very thankful for how I was raised, yeah. So Stanthorpe, obviously, it's an agricultural area, lots of great fruit and veggies and stuff growing around there. Was that what the family were, were into? Yeah, well, uh, Dad was a veggie farmer for many years. Um, previously, he worked on cattle properties before he got married, and he loved that, but um, ended up, uh, after he got married, um, being a veggie farmer for a couple of decades, I think it was. Okay. Um, yeah, and then um, later... Later on, at that point, around his in his forties, he made a transition back to something he was always loved, which is leather work, right? And uh, building saddles, and um, he transitioned into that, and and through travelling um, through northern Australia on all cattle properties through the north, um, has uh, built up a, a business, Kent Saddlery, in in Stanthorpe, and uh, it's. Yeah, we reach into Australia, into the outback um, with saddlery. Good right, saddlery eh? gear, well, so. well uh, big plug there, Kent Saddlery in Stanthorpe. And g'day to everyone who's listening to us uh, out there around that area uh, this morning. And I can smell it now, Ben, you know, in, in, in the saddlery. Yeah, that, I love that, the leather. That leather, it's just, yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. But you grew up in a Christian home, uh, you, and you say you didn't appreciate it so much. Where, where did those formative years take you as a as a teen? Did did you kind of stick with it, or you wandered off somewhere else? Yeah, that's probably the best way of phrasing it, I suppose, as a wander off. Um, I guess I don't know when your brain starts to grow, but I think um, <laughs> I wasn't thinking very straight. <laughs> twenty four, yeah. <laughs> But um, I wasn't thinking real straight. I think you get fairly derailed pretty easy at, um, in those younger years. And so I just um, wandered off, I suppose. I developed a quite a drinking problem, alcohol, right. uh, a big dependency on the drink. And uh, that was sort of 15 to 16, quite a lot of binging. And I didn't realise, but it was a heavy reliance on it socially. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I guess these things sneak up on you, but it was a real problem for me um, in those early years, yeah. How, um, how did your mum and dad cope with that? If they, they were, you know, people of faith? What was their response? Yeah, well, I don't know. Uh, if you ask, uh, if I asked them, it, um, I don't know really how they how they did feel about it really internally but uh, they didn't they didn't tie me up or um, <laughs> you know anything like that I guess they just sort of believed in faith and um, pr- always prayed for us I guess there's you really don't have much hope when your mum and your grandma's praying for you you, mm. you might as well give in um, I mean that in a, in a in a funny way of course um, yeah with prayers a big thing and, and they were always uh, obviously 
just kept quietly believing, but they didn't. Um, yeah, they seemed calm and um, trusting in God through that time, and yeah. always loving. And yeah. Well, today, of course, you're pastoring a church, so uh, you know something happened, I guess, to move you out of that space. How old were you when you came to that realization that uh, you yeah. know, I need to give my life to God? Yeah, 23, um, 1998. So I was actually working on a cattle property uh, in northern Australia, um, south of Catherine, on um, Bunda Station, actually. And, um, yeah, I guess God's got a way of getting you, um, tracking <laughs> you down. He does. Um, yeah, so, yeah, my mum gave me a, a book, actually, on the Brownsville Revival. Okay. Um, Steve Hill. Um, white cane religion it was called and it's a hard hitter i mean it's not it's not a soft read and he was an evangelist and um yeah made a big impact on me what was it about it that really knocked you about i don't know i guess i was just ready for that type of a message if you weren't ready it would probably um it wouldn't wouldn't be good because it's just a, a flat out get right with god type of a book mm. and um yeah you need jesus and uh, i was ready and ripe I guess uh, I, I sort of knew I, I needed to change um, direction with um, some of the, how my life was going. And so I just, I don't know how to put it any, any way else, but uh, I was just ready for yeah. that seed, for that word, for that turnaround type of a message. And um, I read that book multiple times and I prayed those prayers multiple times. And uh, God met me in a very significant way on that property. So Wow. Who was around you at that time? Was there anyone that could help you on your journey or you're on your own? No, there wasn't really anyone. Uh, obviously, uh, mum on the phone or um, people on the phone. But uh, no, I was sort of on, on my own in a sense. And I guess that um, was probably how maybe God wanted it. So it was very personal mm. and very uh, much a God sort of a, um, encounter experience. Mm. So, yeah. Do you remember how things changed for you then or even what your struggles were early on? Yeah, I guess the, the first thing was an overwhelming sense. It's um, there is a purpose is the, is the first thing. So life, um, to life, you of, mean, purpose to life. Purpose to life, yeah, not just spiralling into some sort of a, a depressive sort of state, which I th- depression was uh, becoming a real issue with um, alcohol dependency and and relationships not working out and just yeah feeling I guess insecure and alone all those things so just that sense of purpose and that God's got got me sorted so mm. yeah what did that do to your relationship with alcohol at the time yeah well I lost the taste for it um, I'd like to say it was straight up but um, yeah it was oh, there was no church out there of course so um, yeah that that fell away um, yeah, it wasn't really uh, going to be hanging around. I knew that, and it and mm. it just um, lost lost taste for it, mm. <laughs> lost the need for it. Yeah. yeah. So where did life take you after that? Yeah. So um, ended up ninety eight, ninety nine, coming back to Stanthorpe, and um, yeah, got baptised in the year two thousand, and uh, went to uh, Bible College in Toowoomba in 2001 okay so uh just had that growing sense of uh just a real hunger for god and it led me to yeah doing bible college Um, did you think at the time that uh that'd lead you to being a pastor or you just wanted to go and build yourself up (laughs) yeah i'd never i've never had an agenda or a um you know the pursuit of being a pastor that's for sure it was just the hunger 
I need to do this. I need. I just couldn't get enough, I guess. So, um, and yeah, church involvement's led me further and further toward um, ministry. So it's just, a, I don't know, if, um, it's just happened yeah. Yeah, by a natural way. Yeah. I'd be really curious to know how your darling wife Janelle came into the into the equation. Was uh, was this the classic going off to Bible college and you discover it was actually bridal college, or was that something else? <laughs> no, that wasn't the case. Okay. No, no, it didn't happen for a number of years. I met met Janelle a bit later on, but uh, I guess we first met. Um, yeah, it was probably. 2003 or something like that my wife would probably tell you more accurately but uh, we met um, through different church events she was going to a different church actually but um, eventually she came over to where I was fellowshipping at Vineyard Church and uh, we met there and um, uh, it just uh, sort of developed I guess after after a period it wasn't um, it wasn't a straightaway type of deal we we worked together in youth ministry and uh, uh, it's part of the church family together for um, a few years before we got to a point of um, going further. Yeah. So, so come on, how did you uh, how did you propose? Yeah, well, this is probably some funny funny versions. Depends who you ask. If you ask my wife or me, but um, <laughs> in my memory, um, we're just um, on my. I bought a little property just outside of Stanthorpe with the as an old cottage I'd done up, and we'd just put a deck on the, onto the cottage. And uh, yeah, just took uh, my wife Janelle out onto the deck, and be honest, I can't remember my words that I used, but um, it was it was just a um, yeah, it was just a, an invitation to do life together. And um, thankfully, she said yes. And um, yeah, I'm very grateful. It took me a while to get to that point. I probably uh, procrastinated for a while, but um, I got there. Yeah. Uh, that's the main thing that you got there. And, and five children that have come along as a as a husband and as a parent. What as you look back over your time so far, what do you reckon uh, some of the big lessons in the middle of all that? Because there's there's plenty of opportunity to learn. Yeah, where do you start? Um, yeah, just enjoy the ride um, and um, just love your kids. Do the best you can. Don't beat yourself up too badly when you feel like you're not cutting it. Yep. Um, and, yeah, this the season doesn't go on forever. Before you know it, the kids will be out of, the, out of your hair. So don't, um, don't um, get too um, frustrated in in uh, how hard it can be at times but it's it's just filled with blessings and just enjoy the ride so yeah yeah i think that's pretty good advice but i'm curious before we hear a bit more of your story ben uh, a lot of places around australia have an abbreviated name and i don't know that longreach can be abbreviated at all i think longreach is pretty hard to get wrong isn't it longreach it is yeah yeah. but it's an appropriately named place and you've been there for about five years so you're local yet no no, how the long you got to be there? Say no. Yeah, right. I think you're you're born here pretty well. The local, yeah. Even a thirty, forty year stint, you're not quite in the club. Um, so yeah, very welcoming, all the same. But I'm definitely not um, considered a local. So what's that been like? This is your first appointment as a senior pastor. Uh, you know, you're an out of towner. You've got to come in and develop relationship with people. Was it hard? Yeah, like I said, the town's very welcoming for starters, which is great. I mean, our kids, um, yeah, they've done well at school, and um, it's a friendly town for a family. 
Um, so, yeah, we fitted in culturally. It wasn't a shock for me or um, even my wife. We're country people, and I've had experience in the outback and isolated places as well. So that wasn't hard in that respect. But um, coming into lead ministry, I guess, has its special challenges. And I won't go into detail with, with any of that, but I mean, yeah, there's just the challenge of feeling like you're on the front line, and um, which, is, which is different, yeah. um, but, but good because you're free to lead, and, and so it's been a good ride. So we've got people listening all around the country today uh, in other places like Longreach, but then people in you know, the Big Smoke as well, uh, maybe never been out to the country or been to church in the country. How would you describe it? Um, accepting, friendly, um, refreshing. Yeah, just being refreshed. I mean, it's uh, we can probably get a little bit casual with how welcoming it is. I mean, if you come in from somewhere where people just don't even say hello in the city and you come out here, you'd probably nearly fall over. <laughs> um, there's someone to look you in the eye somewhere down the street for sure. And, you know, our church is very friendly. If you ever come to town, come and say good day at Reach Church. We'll um, look after you. Have a good time. I'm sure you will. Thanks so much for sharing your story. I'm going to let you get ready for the best five-minute sermon that we'll hear today, which uh, you're delivering, by the way. Um, what's it on? What, what have you got for us today? I just want to talk to you just briefly from the subject True North, uh, from John 14, verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. Sunday Morning Together with Phil Edwards. On vision, the best five-minute sermon that we'll hear today. Uh, so, you up for the challenge here, Ben? Absolutely, thanks, Phil. All right. Well, we're going into the Book of John. I'll hand it over to you. Thank you. Yes, yeah, so I just want to share with you a very familiar passage, uh, scripture, John fourteen, verse six. Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." He makes it very clear, doesn't he, in this passage, there's only one way out and there's only one way up. Just with that in mind, put that scripture just into the, the side there. It's fascinating to me how many applications you can fit on these smartphones that we all carry around these days. There's useless apps and there's useful apps. My kids seem to load a lot of useless apps on my phone without me looking, but there's some useful ones. One of the more useful is the compass. The thing about the compass is that you open the app and you pick it up and you hold it flat and of course it'll point you true north. It's useful in my estimation but you know some people would say that that app is probably useless to them. Why would it be useless and not useful? Well there's probably three reasons that it'd be useless to most people. The first one is I know my way, I don't need a compass. The second one is I have signs, thanks. I'm on my way to Brisbane, if I get a bit lost there's signs. And the third one is, I have a GPS. You know that voice that sort of speaks out of our phone and gets us where we need to go when we're lost. I don't need a compass because I have these things. The true value of the compass on our phone, if we have it as an app, is unrecognised. You know, with that in mind, the Bible was the original source of apps. The software on the hardware of your pages of your Bible is that it's full of applications for life. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. One of the applications on your Bible, if you're listening today, and I pray you have your ears to hear, is that it is a compass. If we pull the Bible out 
and with an honest heart. If we hold it flat, if we hold it true, if we hold it honestly, it points true north. It points to Jesus. He is our true north. All 66 books point to Christ the Lord. So can I paraphrase John 14 verse 6 loosely by saying, Jesus is saying, I am true north and I am the direction for your life. Can I just say we need to beware of the Christianity that doesn't value the compass that is within the word of God. There's three reasons that we've already touched on why people don't value Christ as their direction for life. The first one is, it sneaks up on you, I know my way. Familiarity in Christianity can sneak in without you ever realising it. We can be tricked into thinking that Jesus is somehow a fashion accessory that we put in our pocket or a piece of jewellery that we hang around our neck. He is not that. He is the compass. I think after 40 years, 50 years, 60 years of following Jesus, our confession should be and always should be, I don't know my way. Jesus, show me the way. He is our compass. As we well know, one degree off over a lifetime can lead you way out and off track. So I know my way. Beware of that. The second reason why we might say I don't need the basic compass of Christ in my daily life for direction is that there are signs. I love signs. Signs are good. Signs are great. Signs are handy, especially when I get lost in Brisbane, which is not hard. I'm always looking for a sign. But when it comes to our Christianity, we've got to make sure we're not living our lives based on signs, circumstances. We have to come back to Christ as the real source and the only source of direction in life. And the third one, I don't need a compass. I don't need Christ daily as my direction because I have a GPS, the global positioning system. Voices, people of influence, what the TV says, what the culture says can direct us if we're not careful. There will always be someone with a lot of money and a lot of influence directing you if you're not careful. So let's come back to the basics of listening to Christ in our daily life. He is our compass. He is our direction. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we ask you to reveal Jesus to us afresh, to direct us in our daily life, that we wouldn't be deceived from other things telling us where to go. Jesus, you are our source. We look to you. You're our true north. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Sunday Morning Together across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. And a big thank you, Pastor Ben Kent, for that, uh, that great reminder, getting kind of back to basics, I guess, around John 14, verse 6. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Such a fundamental basic for us to remember, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess uh, there's so many options in our world, so many voices. Um, it's so important that we're tuned into the frequency of what the Holy Spirit is saying, that Jesus is the way. And uh, we can get so easily knocked off track by other people's opinions and uh, I think obviously the technology is a parallel isn't it there's so many voices through social media and mm. and um, uh, internet access I mean more than ever before we have to be tuned in to, to Christ I heard someone say earlier this week uh, that the the transformation comes when you understand or, or whose blessing you're allowing your life to be lived under if you're allowing yourself to be living under the blessing of God 
then this is where this scripture comes to life. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said. Mm-hmm. But, if, but if you're actually saying, no, I'm living under the blessing of somebody else whose opinion I need to get, you know, approval I need to get uh, over and over again, you're never going to find satisfaction. Is that your experience? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Jesus offers such liberty, doesn't it? It sounds like a narrow message, doesn't it? I am the way, the truth, the life. But hidden within that, is liberty like freedom like you wouldn't believe mm. he's such a good god and um it's a revelation isn't it to come up under that and find the broad place of great grace underneath his lordship and um yeah it's a wonderful thing sunday morning together on vision christian radio we're nearly end uh, at the end of our time together this morning thank you so much for your company it's gone very quickly and uh, thank you, too, to my guest and co-host, Pastor Ben Kent, out in Western Queensland in Longreach uh, today. Really appreciate you, mate. Oh, thanks for having us on, Phil. Yeah, it's been a real honour and um, quite an experience. I've never been on radio before, so thank you. Well, you've done well. You're a keeper. We, we might add to that never-done-before experience, too, because uh, if you wouldn't mind leading uh, the nation in a prayer for the nation right now, can you do that? Love to. Thank you. Well, let's pray. Yeah, so Father, thank you for your great grace. And uh, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to speak over the airwaves, Lord, the technology today, how we can decree your name over the nation. And it's literally going out. And so, Father, we join together in faith as your people. And Father, we pray the name of Jesus be glorified in our nation. We ask you, Lord, deliver us from any slippery slope, secular, um, sliding away from you, Lord. We thank you that we can come back to that place of being that great Southland of the Holy Spirit. That, Lord, you would have your way in our nation, Lord. We just thank you for healing hearts. We thank you for directing our leaders, our politicians, our Prime Minister, of course. Especially, Lord, we thank you for your influence on the hearts of the people of this land, this nation. We ask for a move of your spirit. We ask for a stirring within the hearts of your people, Father. Preserve and have mercy on us, I pray, pray, Lord, as we take our place in human history. We thank you for Australia and we thank you for your love for us, Lord. We bow before you in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm, Amen. Well, once again, thank you so much, Ben, for uh, for. Being spending some time with us today, inspiring us with some good things and, and telling your story. God bless you and all you're doing out there in Longreach at Reach Church. Love being here, Phil. Thanks again. All righty. That's Pastor Ben Kent uh, from Longreach. And if you ever do find yourself out that way, I know they'll make you welcome. Cup of tea and a biscuit and uh, a good firm handshake and look you in the eye too. I, I know they, they do that well. And that's it for us today. Have a wonderful Sunday. And don't forget to join us during the week. Visionathon is coming. Starts on Tuesday. It's going to be an exciting four days of faith as we raise the funds for Vision to keep going and keep growing. And also, I just think we inspire each other with encouragement, stories of what God is doing. I mean, for me, that's the real gold that comes out of a Visionathon. I get pumped. It's going to be good. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.